In July 1884, the Imperial German flag was raised for the first time on the African continent, not in mainland Tanzania or Namibia, but in Togo. The tiny protectorate grew to become Togoland, and because Germany's 30-year rule in the region seemed relatively peaceful compared to the other German imperial conquests, Togoland was promoted as a model colony. But it was a self-serving myth for German colonial administrators. This is Shadows of German Colonialism. Europeans had traded for centuries along the West African coast. It was known to European mapmakers as the Slave Coast, and slavery existed well into the 19th century. Local groups had actually profited from slave trading, so by the time German Imperial Commissioner Gustav Nachtigall signed a protection treaty with airway King Mlapa III in 1884, Togolese elites were hardly intimidated and had courted different European powers, often playing them off against each other. This time, though, the first German protectorate in Lome would be decisive. The West African coast was soon carved up by European mapmakers into the British Gold Coast, German Togoland and French Dahomey. Soon after, German imperialists launched punitive military expeditions into the hinterland, away from the coast, explains historian Jan Le Gall from Berlin Postkolonial. And between uh, 1884 and 1902, there were uh, 60 military expeditions that took place. And those military expeditions were uh, more or less big. So some of them were real wars between the Kingdom of Dagbon, for example, and Germany in 1896. Others were rather like uh, patrols being sent to so-called punished local inhabitants that were actually defending their lands. And for many, this fact destroys the notion that German Togoland was somehow peaceful. And when it came to the actual running of the colony, Professor Gilbert Dotze-Yigbe from the University of Lome is blunt. Man sprach von einer Musterkolonie, aber für wen? Aus welcher Perspektive kann man Togo... People spoke of a model colony, but for whom? From what perspective can Togo be described as a model colony? From the perspective of the colonial administration, because Togo as a colony cost next to nothing. For the colonial power, Germany, the balance of trade was at least even. That was the reason why Togo was called a model colony. But otherwise, there were chain gangs, corporal punishment, just like everywhere else in other colonies. In terms of trade, German colonialists introduced labor-intensive plantation farming, like coffee, cotton and cocoa. Here they cultivated cash crops and forced local people to work on sprawling plantations for minimal to no pay. The produce was mostly exported and the profits stayed in German hands. Worse still, small farmers were taxed by the colonial administration. You see Ghana, Togo, Benin, um, those three countries and, and Ivory Coast to some extent on, in the West are very linear towards, um, towards the hinterlands. Whereas this is absolutely, this is not representative of how the communities were uh, were separated uh, between each other before colonization. Relying on a few German officers and foreign African mercenary troops, the colonial regime carried out arbitrary violence, suppressing opposition and replacing traditional power structures with compliant chiefs. Leaders were executed um, and, and uh, exiled. For, for example, in Kpando, in today's Ghana again, uh, in the Volta region, uh, the leader Dagadu, who was actually... Um, 
kind of friendly to the Germans at some point was exiled. And so during this whole period of exile, the German colonialists managed to change the whole um, cartography of the of Kufando as a city. Um, they changed the uh, local traditional structures. In northern Togos, the thing is that the Germans that were stationed there completely shattered. They, they looted, they pillaged, they uh, massacred people. And the station of Mango today was the center of, of northern Togo, whereas before colonialism, there were kind of lots of different political entities um, living more or less harmoniously with each other. The colonialists dealt with the complex power structures in West Africa by scaling them into a system of so-called chiefs. And to illustrate just how ignorant and indifferent the German colonial administration was, Professor Dotze Yigbe explains the very concept of a chief actually had no position in the traditional leadership structure. Dieses Wort Chef hat eigentlich keine this word chief actually has no semantic content in the Togolese traditional society. So the word chief shows that this military soldierly organization was simply transferred to the colonial society, which the traditional rulers were simply absorbed by the colonial administration. They were in the service of the colonial administration, and the German word for these people was chief. But for us, the word chief is very demeaning. Local rulers were actually nobility and were kings. Not only was the term demeaning, it also fundamentally changed Togolese power structures. The so-called chiefs were the servants, so to speak, because they had to do the bidding of the colonial administration and to marshal the African people. Dotze Yigbe explains that this confusion was already evident during the signing of the first protection treaty in Togo in 1884. In traditional society, the embodiment of spiritual power was not only secular, so to speak, but also had a religious function and could not simply walk around like a normal citizen, which is why he sent Placo, a representative, to sign the treaty. Placo later appeared in the records as chief, and this led to a dispute in the village, because Placo, who was actually only a messenger, was then recognized as chief and had the right to become the representative of the village or community. Professor Dotze Yigbe explains that the destruction of the traditional leadership structure, no matter how imperfect it was, outlived German and French colonialism. And divisions are still visible in key power struggles in Togolese society today. So if German colonialism meant it destroyed local power structures, forced thousands of Togolese to work on plantations for little to no income, exploited the area's natural resources without developing it meaningfully for the local population, why was it even considered a model colony? Even Togolese people um, have a remembrance of the colonial, of the German colonial, colonial past as something that was um, kind of peaceful, that was marked especially by the mission being there and, and a growing sentiment of, uh, of Christianity coming in. And, uh, but the thing is that this is the uh, result of a fierce colonial propaganda that took place at the time. Professor Dotze Yigbe is even more direct. Eine Kolonie ist eine Kolonie. Es gibt keine gute Kolonie. A colony is a colony. There is no such thing as a good colony. 
The average citizen is happy about this term, especially if they are inclined to use it today. In other words, those who, let's say, compare today's colonial relations with France with the relationship back then and want to defy the current colonizer. After Germany's defeat in World War I, Togoland was partitioned between France and Britain. Western Togoland was absorbed into Ghana, while French Togoland declared independence in 1960. Before you go, I've got a podcast recommendation for you. It's a show called Don't Drink the Milk. Their most recent episode takes a look at British colonialism through the story of a very specific beer, India Pale Ale. If you like your history with a good dose of travel, pop culture and controversy, you will love the show. Don't Drink the Milk explores the curious backstories of familiar things like AI, cancel culture and passports. The show traces how these things have changed as they move through time and around the world, by force, by chance or by choice. Give it a listen. Uh, just search for Don't Drink the Milk wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to know what's up with that weird name, be sure to check out their first episode. Shadows of German Colonialism was brought to you by DW with support from the German Federal Foreign Office. I'm Kai Nebe. Mm-hmm.